In the scriptures, I'll take you back to where we were last week because it's an unfinished uh, thought. So that would be Luke chapter 1. And the beauty about the Word of God, it keeps on giving. And so here we are in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I will not read the entire amount that I did last Sunday regarding the announcement of the birth of the Savior to Mary. But I would like to begin with verse 26 and go to verse 33. I would like this. I'm preaching on, teaching on the Christmas theme this month, but I would also like this to be uh, my New Year's message to you. I intend to be here on New Year's Day, January 1, but I think you've got to make plans for the future before the future comes. I'd like to make this a message for all of us as to how perhaps we ought to prepare ourselves for the new year. And so we begin in verse number 26, please, of chapter 1. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, afraid, troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name, everybody say it, Jesus. Say it again. One more time. Jesus. That's only the start of who he will be. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Amen. I want to pause before I ask you to pray. And Sister Reva, I am sensitive to the request you gave me as I was coming in. Reva Crumley's nephew age 19 died in a drowning on yesterday was it in Alabama I believe maybe on a little fishing excursion and I pray for the comfort of this family I am still torn in my spirit and I know you are and I don't just bring this up here to give you an unpleasant taste in your mouth but to give you a reality check I am torn in my spirit over the unnecessary brutal horrendous death of a seven year old girl and I I tell you the more I see this world the less I want to be a part of it but we must pray for these families and I know you'll pray for me but would you for these two requests this morning and others would you extend your hand to the Lord and would you ask his blessing today and comfort and strength come on pray with me somebody needs us to pray God While I know we all need prayers, somebody is counting on us because they don't have the voice. They don't have the words. The shock, the despair, the brokenness overwhelms them so until all they can say is, Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Oh, God, we are not here to pronounce judgment. We are here to say, Help us, Lord. And judgment belongs to you where it is necessary. 
but also we pray for comfort for this family in Alabama and Sister Reva and Brother Billy here. Comfort, oh God, for such a time as this. Because sickness and sin and the devil doesn't take a Christmas break. But God, you are Lord over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And oh God, we ask you today for miracles in this house. I may not have mentioned other people's needs, but you know what they are. And so we continue, Lord, today to ask you for favor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is good. And then you say to them all the time. Amen. And then you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Oh, He is mighty. There's a word in the Bible that is most often overlooked. It's on the screen. Combined with the word highly, the word is favored or favor. We use this term favor in modern day vernacular when we say things like, Hey, would you do me a favor? And what that often means is this. Would you do something for me even though I really don't deserve it? It means I'm still asking even though I know it's a favor. And because I think we're still in relationship, I'm going to push the envelope and ask you for something that I may not deserve. The word favor can change your life. It did Mary's. Thou art highly favored. I won't talk to you about this Christmas, but I won't talk to you about how we should live in 2012. If we get there. Because we're so close to his coming. The word favor has multiplied meanings. Let's look at a few of them, if we will, please. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament, the word favor can mean grace, charm, acceptance, goodwill, or desire. The word favor in the Old Testament can also mean to bend, condescend, or stoop in kindness to an inferior. It can mean to be shown consideration. I think we'd all like to be shown consideration, especially from God. In the New Testament, the word favor is from the Greek word charis, where we get the word grace. It can mean the divine influence, godly influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. In the New Testament, the word favor means that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, and loveliness. That's what we do at this Christmas season when we say, Merry Christmas. We're saying indirectly, may the favor, the joy, the pleasure, the delight, the sweetness of God, His loveliness be extended to you. It's from the Greek word charis, which is the word grace, and it is where we get our word for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We call it charismatic gifts. 
and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, self-control. All speaks about the, the charis or the charisma of God. But there are other possible meanings that I hasten to give you about this, this word favor. It's to have the peculiar signature of God's favor or honor or cherishing value placed on you. So that when he, God, sees you, there's a special value he has for you. In other words, God really likes you. You ever said to somebody, I love you, I love you but I don't like you. God loves everybody. <laughs> Let's don't point anybody out here. Here's another meaning, if you will. When He, God, likes you, there is such an influence that comes upon you that the charisma of God Himself rubs off on you, which makes other people like you or cooperate with you, whether they like you or not. (laughs) I like that kind of favor. Even people who don't even like me, likes me. They don't even like me, but they believe in the vision God's given me and the dream and the plan. He's too short, he's too bald, he's too loud, but I like him. That's what happens to you in your marriage when you go along, you know, because wouldn't it be grand if we all stayed the same size and etc. as the day we said I do. Later on this month, it'll be 33 years for Valerie and I. That would be December the 22nd. Have I got that right? I just got me some favor. You ain't seen jet black beautiful hair on a man and when you saw it when I was age 22 and I said I do. But let's don't get there too long because that I need other kinds of favor now. What does favor mean? Here's another rendition, if you will. Favor is the special affection of God towards you so that others are inclined to like you or cooperate with you. I can use some of that. And perhaps you're thinking, Pastor, I want also favor. How do you get favor? I believe it's more than just being in the right place at the right time. Can I get an amen? With God, there are no coincidences. But God, when He blesses you, He blesses you on purpose. Now, granted, some of us get blessed as an overflow of somebody else's blessing. Only to entice us to get in favor with God. I believe favor is more than just God looking across the universe, and especially planet Earth, and saying, Now see, who should I bestow this wonderful favor on today? I don't believe God saying, I wonder. There are just so many of them. And I don't believe God is saying, hey, uh, should I flip a coin or, or should I do the any, mini, miny, mo thing to see who I should give favor? I don't want to diminish God's decision, but, but I, I want to show you that Mary that we read about in the Bible, the mother of our Savior, Mary was the perfect person for the job or the role that God gave her. Not because of God's undeserved grace or favor upon her, but because, get this, this is the heart of what I want to say to you about this Christmas and about next year. I believe Mary got what she did because all along the way she put herself in the position to be blessed of God. Remember that. 
Let me depart from her just a moment and I'll come back. But in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8, the Bible speaks of another person who found favor with God. His name is Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was not just a special person who God just plucked out of the multitude to bless. But Noah was a man whom God looked down upon and God noticed his character and his commitment to God. And God made Noah his choice. And so that's why Genesis 6 and 9 says, Noah was a just and perfect man in his generations and Noah walked with God. All of that was happening before God gave him favor. Noah was setting up himself without realizing, I'm just living right, doing right, acting right, behaving right because God is good. And all of a sudden, God takes notice of a man who has set up himself for a promotion. So how do you set up yourself for favor? Five thoughts, and I'll try to be very concise with them. Number one, faith. Everybody say the word faith. And there are many scriptures that I could use this morning about faith, but I, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, have brought out Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Everybody on the count of three, I want you to read it out loud with me on the count of three. One, two, three. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Don't expect favor from a God you don't believe in. Don't expect favor from a God who has a, a, a lower rung of your ladder of priorities. Favor comes from whether you see God or feel God or understand God or He does answer your prayer according to your calendar or not. Favor comes from He who believes that God is and that God is a reward of those who are faithful and diligent to seek Him. It is impossible to please God without faith. You can't expect favor. That same chapter of Hebrews verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In 2011, you are probably still praying and hoping for things you've not yet seen. But God's not finished yet. In 2012, you will ask for favor from God. Upon areas of your life, your business, your marriage, your health, your uh, relationships. And you have to believe that He is pleased with those who keep on believing Him and trusting Him. Even when you realize that He may be silent. You see, Mary believed God. Every question she asked about this message from the angel about she is going to be the mother of the Son of God, her questions were faith-based and not doubt-based. See, before, I, I hasten to tell you, before Mary received a visitation from an angel announcing the birth of the Savior, one of her relatives, being that of Zechariah, a priest in the temple of God, and his wife Elizabeth, received an announcement from God also. 
More particularly, while Zechariah, the priest of God, was serving his time in the temple, an angel appeared to him and told him his wife, who is beyond childbearing age, whose name is Elizabeth, will bear a son in their old age. You shall name him John. He later becomes John the Baptist. He will be the predecessor, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He will be, oh, I feel the anointing. He will be a voice crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. The Messiah is coming. And Zechariah's question was all right. It's okay to question when God uh, offers you favor or, or, or makes you a proposal. But his question was more doubt-oriented than faith-oriented. Because he said to the Lord in Luke chapter 1, 18, Zechariah said to the angel of the Lord, Whereby shall I know this? Meaning that my wife shall get pregnant. I'm old and she is beyond childbearing age. He says, For I am an old man and my wife is well stricken in years. That was his question when the announcement came. Here is Mary's question. Mary says, God, I know that you can do this. I just don't understand how. Do you see the difference? Zechariah was saying, I don't even think it's possible. Mary says, I know with you all things are possible, but I just don't know how. And, and so I've come to tell you a couple of thoughts here on the faith, and I need to do it quickly. Number one, you need to write this down. Sometimes we talk our own selves out of favor. God puts a dream, a vision in our heart, a mind. God puts a goal, a desire for our marriage, for our finances, for our job, for owning our own business, uh, for finishing high school, for going to college, for being called to the ministry, for getting out of debt. But sometimes we can talk our own selves out of favor. We say things like, God, you, you don't really mean me. Uh, do you, God? I'm from a very little known community in town. I'm from a very little known family, God. Uh, I have no formal education. All the time, God's extending favor to challenge our faith. And we say something like, uh, I don't have anything to bring to the table, oh God, for this great assignment you have given me. I, I think you ought to choose somebody else. I, I say this not braggadociously, but I say it as a testimony. This week, I had one of the highest favors of my ministry ever. And it was the opportunity. I was invited by the general overseer of the churches of God around the world. Our bishop to come and speak in Cleveland, Tennessee at the general headquarters of our denomination where all of our leadership convene once a month on a Wednesday morning for chapel. And this would be the highest ranking of the elected officials from around the world. Our, our assistant general overseers, our general secretary and treasurer, our missions department, other people. And, and I got up there and, I, and I, when I said to them, I said this before I started. When I got this invitation, I almost rejected it. Not because I am that good a preacher or I am in that demand of preaching. But it just scared the daylights out of me. I told them the one hair I had on my bald head was singed. I kid you not, when I got the invitation about a month and a half ago to come and do that, that service, I tried to get my wife on the phone so that she could help me talk myself out of going. Because, see, in that, in that circle of men, I have, been, I have been learning at their feet for years. I, I told them when I got up there, I said, I got some of your CDs. I got some of your tapes. I got some of your sermons. I've preached some of your stuff. And I only hope to God I don't preach it right here today while you're sitting here. <laughs> and, 
and it was the, one of the highest honors of my life, and I almost talked myself out of it. Now, granted, I tell you, it made me nervous. And I wish they were here today so I could yell at them in my own church, but, but it was a wonderful opportunity. But not only can, but that, that's how the devil works. You ain't up to it. Because sometimes God extends favor to you to stretch you. Let me give you this other thought about faith and favor. Not only can we talk ourselves out of favor, but we can let other people talk us out of God's favor. You better be real careful who you share your dream or your vision or your aspirations with. Okay? Because there come some folks out there who say things like, well, how are you going to finish school anyhow? Uh, how are you going to own your own business? How are you going to clear your name after, after having to file bankruptcy and start all over? How are you going to build what the Lord told you? How are you going to finance it? There's always somebody out there who's willing to say something like this. Do you know what happened to the last person that tried that? There's always some naysayer out there saying, well, I'll believe it when I see it. That's why you got to hold your arm down. When you come around them people, because the spirit of slap just rises up all over you. Yeah. There's always somebody out there ready to burst your bubble or step on your dream. You've got to find some other people to hang with. I'm telling you, I love you and I care about you, but some days, if that's all you're talking... I'm not coming down aisle number 14 at Walmart if I see you there. I'm just going to text you a blessing. If all you can tell me about is gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark, depression, excessive misery, I'm going to aisle number 6 where somebody is shouting, Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. My bills are not paid all. My marriage is not the greatest. My children are not doing well. But God is faithful and He will give me favor. Somebody clap your hands and praise the Lord. Yeah. One of my favorite Christmas shows is A Christmas Carol. You ever seen Marley on A Christmas Carol visiting Scrooge? Come on, say amen. You sitting. Oh, okay, okay. He's got a ball and a chain. He's all bound up, huh? Bound up. Come back to say to Ebenezer Scrooge, if you don't get it right this time, son, you're going to be just where I am. Some of you got to cut the string and cut the chain. Yeah, because those kind of people talk you out of what God says he has for you. Can I get an amen? Oh, help me, Lord Jesus. You see, here's what you need to remember about the favor of God. And if I don't get finished with this, we'll do it another time. But I got to tell you this. Remember this about the favor of God. God's favor enlists the ordinary and the insignificant. Mary was a girl from a peasant background. Whoever heard of Nazareth until Jesus? I'm talking about those outside of Nazareth. Nazareth was an obscure town, small village. Mary from a peasant's family. But the beautiful thing about God's favor is he enlists the ordinary and the insignificant according to the way the world judges you. 
Here's something else the Holy Spirit showed me that I need to share with you. God does not choose you because you are significant. He makes you significant by choosing you. I wish somebody say amen. Yeah. Here I am, Lord. I, and, I, and in a moment I'm going to talk about humility. Here I am, Lord. I'm God's gift to everybody. I am your obvious choice. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And it makes you significant. Our business is to have faith. Here's a second word I want to give you, or two words together. If I'm going to expect to be highly favored this Christmas in 2012, I have got to walk the lifestyle of purity and holiness. Did somebody hear me? For this visitation of God in the flesh who became known Emmanuel. Emmanuel, one of the names of Jesus is God with us. For this visitation of God, the Bible said he, he chose to come through the means of a virgin. And while there were other virgins available for God's choosing, it could be that they were bypassed because they were not pure or holy. I believe that this purity speaks of more than just being a virgin it also speaks of Mary's character. It speaks of Mary's conduct. There were other young Jewish girls who had not uh, been intimate with a man outside of marriage who were a virgin. But there, there are just, there just, there was this Mary whose character in public and in private was the same. And so, I come by to tell you that holiness means to be set apart for the work of God. Holiness is more than just the things we do or don't do. It's more than just a lifestyle. Here, get it again. Holiness is setting ourselves apart so that God can use us. Oh, i gotta, I got to help us this morning. I think some of us are in this pixie dust mentality of favor. If I go in the near enough or I hang around, somebody's going to throw some dust on me and I'll, and I'll have a good fairy somebody somewhere and that's how I'll get favor. God doesn't operate that way. You and I have a responsibility on our end and our part to set up ourselves for favor from God. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise here. Okay, let me go a little further. Let me, let me clear, see if I can clarify. There are some things that are legal and permissible. But participation in them is unholy. God will not bless. Abortion, abortion has been legal in America for much longer than many of you are old. But it doesn't make it holy. Pornography has been made legal by our government. But for you to look at it on the internet, in a magazine, or your cell phone, does not make it holy. Prostitution is legal in many parts of America. But for you to participate in it is unholy. Uh, I, I'm preaching here a little bit now. To our shame in America... And one of the reasons why America is rapidly moving away from the favor of God is that there are at least five states in these union, in this 50 
state union in America that has legalized same-sex marriage. Just because it's legal and permissible does not make it holy. Paul says in his writing, there are some things that are permissible for me. There are some things that are okay for me, but in which I will not participate because they are unholy and they mar my testimony and deny me the favor of God. You won't go to jail in America for having sex outside of marriage. Nobody will arrest you for fornication. Fornication is for having sex with someone who is, if you are married, somebody else unmarried. Adultery is having sex with, with somebody who is married or you married and they're uh, adultery. Nobody will come and arrest you for that in America. But it is unholy. And you will lose the favor of God. And let me, let me finish the thought. You will not go to heaven. You need to know that. Okay? I'm saying, little wonder, people... Oh, help me, God. I've got to be careful about my words. And some of you are thinking, uh, what, what do you mean? I mean, you already shook the corn, so you might as well get all the way down to the... Uh, people are wondering, how come God ain't blessing me? You see, everything about God is holy. God himself says, say, be ye holy, for I am holy. God, God, I don't mean this bad, and I'm not asking God to do this to anybody, okay? Because uh, I, I, always, I always need a holiness check, okay? But God got rid of Nadab and Abihu, the sons of the high priest Aaron, because they went into the house of the Lord and just messed around with the fire of the Lord when it should have been handled in a proper, orderly, holy, reverential way. God just killed them like that. And Aaron, uh, Moses said to his brother Aaron, don't question God right here. Uh, I don't mean to be unkind. I just need, I just need to be, get you to play and get favor from God. And Anas and Sapphira lied about the offering to the house of the Lord. They gave some, but they lied and pretended that they gave everything they got from the sale of real estate. And the man of God, Peter, in the house of God, said to Ananias, You know, it was your money. You didn't have to give one cent to God. In that you elected to give some to God. It's a wonderful thing. But then you came and said you gave it all because you saw Barnabas, your brother in the faith, getting the applause of the people of God for his benevolence. And you wanted some of that clout. You wanted some of that pomp and some of that praise. So you came here and acted like you did, like you gave everything that God gave you. And instantly he fell in death. His wife followed him later. Here's what I'm saying. God is holy. God is holy. And I need to hasten by telling you, and let me just give you a few scriptures here, because I want you to have favor. Everybody say favor. But, but you, can't, you can't, God is, God doesn't have a buffet where you pick and choose what you want and you still get blessed. Ephesians 4.24, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Everybody say holiness. Here's another scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but holiness. I say this with fear and trembling, and it may not appear that way. Because I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. 
But I'm going to tell you something. For years, some ministries in America was getting away with immorality, fornication, adultery, embezzlement for years. And God has extended His grace for so long and gave them opportunities, multiplied opportunities to deal with in private repentance, in private make it right. And if you do not deal with it in private, I will make you a public spectacle on a housetop. This, now, I'm not just talking about ministries, holiness. I'm talking about marriages and individuals. If we live double lives, one thing on Sunday and something else on Monday through Saturday, we may fool everybody around us, but we cannot fool God. I want, I, I, I want favor, so I'm, I'm careful. Let, let, me, let me hasten to tell you this. Everybody okay out there? Say amen. And now if you're mad at me, you still got to like me because if you want favor. Uh, Hebrews 12, 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Give me an amen, somebody. Yeah. You can't cuss and swear at people all week long, come to church and want favor. You can't wave at people on the highway when you get mad with one of your fingers of choice. In an suggestion, and them expect to come. Y'all are laughing because you know the temptation's there. Huh? The Bible talks about in Second Corinthians 6 and 17, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Let me move to the third word very quickly, obedience. I, I want you to be highly favored. I want you to be highly favored this morning. I want you to be highly favored this Christmas and all of 2012. And, and these, are, these are simple words, and we are in the habit of hearing them so often, we might just flick them off of our shoulder. But don't dare do that. Because while there are other references of obedience in Scripture that God bless, Mary, the response to Mary upon the announcement that she would bear the Son of God, her response was one of obedience. In Luke one thirty eight, then Mary said to the angel who brought the announcement, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Mary called herself a servant of the Lord. She was obedient. Amen. And brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes that's the hardest part of getting favor. I am guilty at time, and perhaps you are too. We want favor and we want blessings, but we often want it without obedience. And I've come by to tell you that when we read about the people of God, especially in the Old Testament, the, the Jewish people, the children of Israel, when you read about them in Old Testament history, you find that every time they came into this disfavor of God, every time they fell out of favor with God, was because of their disobedience. You're taking notes, some of you, so let me give you something to write down. Disobedience brings judgment. Obedience brings favor. Give the Lord a hand clap in this house. Put your hands together. Come on, give Him some praise. I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. I'm a teacher. And I need to tell you that you cannot expect favor in your finances if you are disobedient in the tithe and the offerings. God does not bless disobedience. How dare we say, God, multiply, help me pay my bills, help me get my kids through college, help me pay my utilities, help me pay my mortgage, help me pay for the doctor, etc. And we, we show up on Sundays and only tip God. 
God will not multiply filthy lucre. I'm not trying to be unkind. Uh, some of the greatest challenge for some of you here this morning is this business of obeying God with your tithes and offerings. And some of you, and I love you and I care about you, but you, you base your obedience on whether or not you like the preacher. You base your obedience on whether or not you like where, what the church is doing or not. You base your obedience and tithes and offerings and the measure of it on whether you'll feel like it or not. And some of you take the option of giving it to a charity or some other ministry someplace else when the Bible says bring all the tithe into the storehouse. You don't have to like me, and I'm trying my best to get you to like me, and that may not seem that way this morning, but you, uh, you and I have an account to settle with God. And the Bible says, can a man rob God? The answer is yes. How dare we expect God to multiply our finances? How dare we expect God to give us a raise, a promotion? How dare we expect God to take care and protect our children and family when we, when we just tip in God? You don't go to O'Charlie's and eat the food and leave without paying. You don't, you don't go to Golden Corral and leave without paying. You don't borrow money for your car or borrow money for your house and forego the payment. The next thing you know, they're knocking on your door and saying, you have fell out of favor with us. We come to get what is ours. I'm not trying to be unkind. But we in America have this mentality and sometime in the church that we can tip God a quarter and expect $25,000. Obedience. I challenge you, South Metro Ministries. I challenge you if you're not part of South Metro Ministries. I challenge you if you're a visitor this morning. I challenge you to trust God by obeying God with the tithe and the offerings. And see if God will not bless you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. And running over. Every single thing I have right now comes from the favor of God. I know where I came from. I know where I was born. I know where my family came from. I know our beginnings. Everything Valerie and I have come from the favor of God. But we also understand that you can't expect a harvest of favor without sowing seeds of obedience. Somebody ought to help me praise the Lord. (laughs) Oh... Uh, let me go to something else that might make a few others you shout. You, 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 you cannot expect favor in your health and your body if you are disregarding the principles of healthy living. That's a word for me. Yeah. Thank you, Brother Willie. Which reminds me, I drank my cherry juice this morning. About a year ago, I told you that I was having some serious pains in my elbow. Brother Willie told me about uh, uh, some cherry juice, and I'm not making the money for it, but, you know, uh, you neither is he. And I'm thinking, Brother Willie's a fine elder in the church. I like him and all, but he just got one of them home remedies. <laughs> Poor Brother Willie. It's helped, and it's helping now. <laughs> I, I got some obedience I got to do in this way of healthy. I saw one of our brothers over here, and, and uh, Jeff. Jeff is over there. He's lost about 40 pounds. I hate you, Jeff. <laughs> And I'm only teasing, brother. I say that only because I'm jealous. The only thing I can lose is hair and a few teeth. I can't break the law of good health and expect favor in my body. 
I'm hastening. I'm not trying to make you mad. Uh, The Holy Ghost showed me this too. You cannot expect favor in your company or where you work. A promotional raise if you are irresponsible with the use of your time. You cannot expect favor with your company and promotion if you are a slacker. Yeah, I'm preaching. Thank you, sister. Sitting around at 4.30 flipping the the, the time card, hoping that 5 o'clock come real soon. Yeah. You know the people who get favor? Who go the extra mile. They get there a little early and stay there a little longer. Even if it's not even in their job description. They don't say, I'm not picking up that piece of trash. We got somebody who is in a union who's supposed to pick up that trash. I'm a preaching little Indian. How come everybody, I always get passed over. How come it is they never call me in a special celebration? How come I don't get the t-shirts and the, and the commendations? Because I, I, because I want you to understand that favor comes from those who set themselves up for favor. Hasten, please, Alan. Thank you, Lord. Humility. I want you to prosper with high favor this Christmas and this year. But it begins with humility. And look what Mary said in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 49. And Mary said, after she received the announcement that she would be the mother of the Christ child, my soul magnifies the Lord. Say amen, church. And my spirit has rejoiced in the God, in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Humility. God is not likely to bestow favor on you or I if we think we are God's gift to everyone. Uh, here, here's what I think happened with Mary. She was faithful in the little things. She was faithful when folks were looking and folks weren't looking. Humility. She was willing to do the menial, the unpleasant. Can, can I get an amen? Amen. I need need to hasten here, and and I sense that, but I also need to tell you that a lot of times people look at a church and a ministry this size and where we are, and and they think there's just one step to it. Just go to college, get you you some education, and and follow the the, uh, directions of the church of God, and get proper preaching credentials, and then sign up for a church of 1,200 people. If they had told me back in college what what I was headed to through some of where I have come in order to get where we are today and I might tell you that just because we're here doesn't mean everything is pie in the sky by and by okay I am not trying to build a mega church but I want whosoever will let him come okay but I have had some humbling experiences along the way And I needed them. I have had to suck it up. I have had to apologize. I have had to take my stinking ego and put it under my feet. God has used some of you in a wonderful way and some of you in other kinds of ways that was wonderful after a while to help me to learn. Can I get an amen? 
that, listen to me. I didn't get where I got to on my own self. I got on the shoulder of somebody else. And I got on the shoulder of somebody else. And sometimes the toilet needed to be clean and nobody else was here to do it. The grass needed to be cut. Nobody else was here to do it. Some food needed to be delivered somewhere to a family who had a death in their family and nobody else was here. Can I get a witness here? I, I'm telling you, my friends, when you're willing to roll up your sleeve and say, God, whatever it takes, I am going to do whatever I'm supposed to do as a servant of God. I'm not doing for the applause of the church. I'm not doing it for the applause of my wife or my boss. I'm going to do what I have to do as an expression of service to God. Give the Lord some praise here, somebody. Humility. And there's a last word I want to give you, and this will bless you. It will bless you if you live according to this word and the other words I've given you about being highly favored. The word is commitment. Everybody say the word commitment. Let me show you something here. Sometimes favor is accompanied with adversity. That's why I need to tell you about commitment. Can, you, can I get a witness here? As soon as God puts his favor on you, the devil's going to hear about it. Did you hear me? As soon as God gives you a vision, a dream, a goal, a sum of money, a circle of influencers, somebody to sow in you, believe in you, bless you, a promotion, a raise, get your child from, uh, from prison, drugs, alcohol. The devil's going to show up to see what you're made out of. Mary, not everybody was kind to Mary being pregnant out of marriage. There was some gossip going on. Adversity. Mary said, I accept the assignment. I am committed to seeing this baby in my womb until birth and beyond. Didn't when Mary show up for the dedication of Jesus... Didn't the prophet of God tell her that even a sword would pierce her own soul? Her pregnancy, nine months, some in the community, talking about her. Only way she could conceive what, what this lie about the Holy Ghost and God. Traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant, mostly on the back of a donkey. Rough terrain, adversity. Get there to the city of Bethlehem and there is no room in any motel or hotels anywhere. Adversity. The best place I got, ma'am, Mr. and Mrs. Joseph, is a stable out there and there's a feeding trough. Adversity. Baby born, your first child. Born in a cattle's feeding trough. That ain't the end of the story. You're trying to get your young family going now. And next thing you know, Herod's killing every baby under two years old male, that is. Because he's jealous about the promise of the Messiah. Now you've got to flee from here to go to Egypt. And you've got to go to Egypt. You ain't never been there. And you don't know how long you'll stay there. And some people back off of this thing called commitment because they're not willing to pay the price. But I'm telling you, these afflictions that you're called to endure... Paul says they are seasonal because God's stretching you. 
all the way to the cross and the empty tomb, Mary saw her son. Commitment. I, I tell you, and I need, to, I need to hasten here. Her commitment said, I don't understand your ways, God. But I do believe that what you say you're going to do, so I am available. Amen. Joseph, her husband. Commitment. But there's another Joseph, and it takes another sermon. But let me just touch on it so maybe you can read about it this week. The Joseph of the Old Testament. The Joseph who got the dreams and the visions. You remember him? Can I get a witness? And Joseph thinking, excuse me, God? I'm thrown in a pit. I'm sold into slavery because I'm favored. Yeah, come on. I go work for one of the captains of the guards of Pharaoh. Potiphar is his name. And I'm doing my daily responsibilities and duties. I get promoted there. And his wife, while Potiphar's out of town, Potiphar's wife comes to sexually seduce him. He runs from her. She files an attempted rape report and he's thrown in jail. Some of us are thinking about now, if that's favor, pass me by. But every time, promotion, 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 promotion. Give me a witness here. Every time he stretch, blessing, blessing, until he becomes the prime minister of Egypt and he feeds the same guys who thought he was dead. You hang in there. Joy is coming in the morning. Somebody clap your hands. Come on, help me preach a moment here. Job, selected by God for favor. Ten children, beautiful wife, acres and acres of land, cattle, sheep, camels, goats, donkeys, houses. The richest man in the east. And one day he loses it all. He sits on an ash heap, dressed in burlap bag. Got boils all over his body. And his wife means well, but she says, if this is favor, I mean, uh, this, this is the end of the road for me. Why don't you just curse God? And but Job is committed. Do we just serve God for pie in the sky by and by? Do we just serve God for bills to be paid and our children to do good and we have money in the bank? Commitment says the Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ruth in the Old Testament. Y'all got another moment? Thank you. Yes, you do. She is the daughter-in-law of Naomi. I'm hurrying. Naomi... And her husband and two sons leave the land of Judah because there's a famine in the land. They go over to Moab. While they're over there, both her sons get married. And while they're over there, her husband, Naomi's husband, died. Both her sons died. She got two daughter-in-laws. And she's a barren woman. Naomi says, I hear there's bread now back in Bethlehem, so I'm going back. You girls can stay here because I have no more sons in my womb with whom you can marry. Ruth says... Oprah, not Oprah, Opa, says, Oprah. Thank you, Mallory. Last Sunday I rehearsed the words betrothed, betrothal, 
in my office, I rehearsed it with Valerie for maybe five minutes. I got out here and I said, forget that. And Joseph and Mary was engaged. <laughs> Rehearsing. Is it Oprah, Oprah? Oh, there's a, there's a fish called something. Anyhow. The other daughter-in-law. Name begins with O. See ya, Naomi. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Ruth says, oh, Shoko, I'm, I'm with it now. I know you don't have any other children in your womb, but you've been a good mother-in-law. You've taken care of us. You've loved us. So whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And God is looking for some people here today. says, regardless of what 2012 brings, I am going to serve God. I am going to honor God. I am going to pray. I am going to serve Him. Because God is faithful and I want His favor. Stand up to your feet and clap your commitment. Come on. Come on, praise team. Come on, church. Put your hands together. Come on. Give a loud praise. Come on. Come on. Ten more seconds. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, my Lord. Everybody say after me. Ready? I want you to say these words after me. I got to make sure I got them. Faith. Purity. Holiness. Humility. Commitment. Say after me. You can count on me. Jesus. You can count on me. Beginning now. Lift your hands all over this house. Like you're reaching to touch the hand of the Father. Sing something for me, my brother. Come on. Raise your hands all over the church and worship. Worship for a few seconds, a few moments. You're already favored. Go ahead and praise Him like you know it.